this is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Full Reptile Radio. Uh, I've got no idea what episode number it is. I've realised that there's no point in giving them a number because... No, at no point shapes. ever, at just no point ever, have I. Hey, we, we went, I've just pulled you closer to the microphone. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you, <laughs> Owen's here today at uh, headquarters, um, and we'd, we've just been kind of getting stuff ready for Full Reptile Radio. We've got a couple of new things coming out: the medallion design, which Owen is responsible for, which is beautiful. Um, so we're going to talk about some MMA stuff today. Yeah, we've got a few bits on the few bits on the horizon, don't we? Yeah. It's not as busy. It's not as busy as I want it to be. No, I know. Well, we've got Cage Warriors this weekend. I'm Which excited is, for that because yeah. Adam Amasinger is on the card. I'm looking forward to seeing Adam fight again. Mm. And we've been printing a lot of Adam's work, which is good. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping I can get there. I can be like, do you live a, such a full data protection? We are trustworthy. We are trustworthy. So Cage Warriors this weekend. So I'm, uh, I'm heading over there. I'll be doing a meet and greet, I think, from 8 p.m. Uh, we're at Birmingham. We're at the Gent- Genting Arena. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least it's not far for us. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we should pull up the Cage Warriors card a little bit. I, I've, I've got Max Bayer's Wikipedia page pulled up. I watched um, Cinderella Man last night. How was that? Yeah, it was good. Well, we're, we're prepping for a new line that's coming out next year, yeah. and we're getting everything in order for it. And I was chatting to Nick Pete about it the other day. And he said, oh, you, you should definitely watch Cinderella Man again. Yeah, he referenced that the other day. It was... I can't remember. I was listening to one of their podcasts and it came up. It's it's awesome. It's Have you seen of, it? No, never oh, seen man. it. Oh, man. I was awesome. watching Outlaw Bikers on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> we had the conference call. I went up Nothing to, to do with me. Yeah, and I was like, hmm, hello, Netflix. And there was like Outlaw Bikers. I thought, go on then. Yeah. It's just some random footage from the 70s. It's, it's, it's good. It's Is just it? brain cheese, yeah. Oh, I'll have to watch it. Have you have you listened to the new Rogan podcast yet? Uh, no, uh, not Rob, not podcast, the new Rogan stand-up. No, because I was waiting for, me and my wife are going to watch it together, because the problem is, it's one of them that I suggest every week, and there's always something else, yeah. and then when I'm like, I've watched it, fuming. And so, you want to share those jokes, yeah, for real. of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got Lacey into Bill Burr, so now she's got the same addiction that I have. Oh, mate, you can't, yeah, so we're, that's we're when you can't drop. No, <laughs> right, so let's talk about, so I'm leaving this weekend for... We're doing Inside the Octagon for 2.30 on Monday and Tuesday, which will be good. DC against the Beast, the Black Beast. That's going to be My quite, balls is hot. That's going to be a quick breakdown. <laughs> well, yeah, we were just talking about it, weren't we? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, so what's, what's DC going to do? Watch the Anthony Johnson fights. What's Derek Lewis going to do? Just watch Derek just Lewis Just watch Derek fight. Lewis fights. <laughs> he might hit you with a big punch. He might be defending takedowns he all was, night like he was against Roy Nelson. Anthony Johnson is more athletic yeah and can hit as hard yeah and struggled twice we know the second time was a little bit road because he was like I'm just he was one foot out the door wasn't he yeah he was literally one foot in the greenhouse he was on the way yeah (laughs) he's halfway right through rolling but the thing is with Derek Lewis it's never been a time where you go his cardio surprised me Mm. oh wow and with DC he's just relentless yeah it is just relentless so DC's only got to get through that guard once Mm -hmm. and once he latches on yeah, his filth. I mean, you look at DC back in the Strike Force days when no one really knew him, and he was sort of was he two and zero or whatever he was. Josh Barnett, Fedor, or mate, he's just taking people yeah. to school. He's, go, he's gone through the Bellator back catalogue before he even arrived at the UFC. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So, 
I'm recording with Mark uh, Mark Goddard tomorrow. Oh, cool. Ref extraordinaire. So um, so we're going to be talking about some stuff for next week's podcast. So what we need to talk about this week is the fight night that I'm going out to Canada to cover. Okay. So uh, that is, I don't know what number fight night it is. Some like 140 something, 150 something. Is that Volcan? It's the Volcan. Yeah. Volcan against Anthony Smith. Boy. What a fight that's going to be. I mean, and looking at the rankings as well, what an opportunity for Anthony Smith to jump from 10 right up and steal Volcan Uzdemir's thunder. Mate, well, Volkan's come in looking. I mean, he, he went for DC, and there was a doubt in your mind because you never knew he might just catch him. Yeah, again, slightly more athletic than than Derek Lewis, right? But Smith hits like a truck. He does. I'm I'm hoping that doesn't do that that thing that it just cancels itself out. You know, like um, they just kind of stand and stare at each other. Yeah, and... was it um, who was it? Oh, Engano uh, against Lewis. Engano against Lewis, but also <laughs> an older one, which was um, Street Fighter. Kimbo Slice. Oh, yeah. Or was it Kimbo Slice against Houston Alexander or something? Yeah. Like no, both massive punches and they just danced. Do you remember what Houston Alexander did to Keith Jardine? He strangle punched him. Oh, my goodness. Like, that was that was terrifying. It was filth. And because Keith Jardine doesn't go down easy. No. But it was when it was when Houston Alexander did that and then came back. It was against James Irving. Yeah. And the Sandman didn't sort of even move. He just stood up and just Superman punched him. <laughs> I was like, he's killed him. <laughs> talk, talking to James Irving, I was at to the Anderson Silva fight. Remember when he when Anderson Silva went up to yeah, light heavyweight and he was bored. Knocked him out. Caught and a then kick. Caught a kick and then hoofed him. Yeah. That was because he had a bad boy tattoo. That's what that's exactly what it was. He, he was the kind of candidate that would have a bad boy tattoo oh, though, isn't it? I mean there's a certain demographic. Isn't Justin Gaethje got a bad boy tattoo as He's well? He's got a bad, bad boy tattoo. A bad bad yeah. <laughs> a terrible boy. Yeah. A filth boy. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. The thing is, you know when it's on the flash work in a tattoo studio that is like tattoos are us. Yeah. Walk away. It's you know what's weird about we are jumping from one topic to another and we're like what that's from Anthony Smith. five minutes in yeah. <laughs> the 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 thing with tattoo flash is I'm kind of coming back around to tattoo flash now because I've never had it all of my tattoos originally were like I've either designed them or I've gone to an artist and we've sat down and designed it together but now I'm kind of I'm getting to that stage where I'm starting to fill spaces oh, a okay. little bit and I went down to uh, oh, what's it called. Tahiti Felix's it, it's one of the classic tattoo shops in San Diego and I went down there to get tattoo, get the get the chameleon tattooed on my okay. leg and they've got it's like a it's it's a tattoo shop but it's also a tattoo museum see that's all right that's it's all right amazing. for that flash but you know if you go in now and it's like I'll have a number seven tribal yeah it kind of feels dirty because yeah. when I was working at Egg Tony came over so Tony had moved he old school dude into graffiti and BMX in and, and it, that Old school cool, if you know what I mean. And he basically came through and I was in the green room floor walking. So when people learn how to use the phone and like lie to customers about PPI and stuff, then I was training them how to do that. And we hit it off within seconds. And it was that first week, it was the Friday I was going home and he's like, oh, what are you up to the weekend? I was like, I want to get a tattoo for my for my birthday. And it literally just, he, he looked down, drew something so quick and was like, what about that? how the fuck have you done that? It was incredible. <laughs> so we hit it off. He came around that night, did a load of designs. And basically he started ta- uh, doing the artwork for another girl to tattoo me. And then we eventually got him his own guns, starting in his kitchen. He's, he's on like his fourth shop now. It's Ink Kings. And honestly, in Ilkeston, one of the nicest guys, but everything's free. And so where you've got gaps, mine's all um, Maui, so like Kiritui. And there's no gap. Right. So you know when he's on the inside of the inside of your armpit? 
and yeah. just giggling because it's your friend and he's like well this is gonna fucking hurt you and, you're like, oh. and I've got spots on me where he literally he pushed the needle in so far because I was I was falling asleep or not concentrating and he's like Zip. Oh. awful same guy who lasered me for a laugh oh. so when I said that there was I'm never having that done don't please I, I had three sessions and an hour ago and you're only meant to have half an hour at a time it's just obviously I knew the guy so he basically he took me in and he said oh that piece on your arm there that I drew that she never really did it right let me laser it and I'll go over the top and I was like nah I'm, I'm good he said well let me just let you see how it feels so like a twat I was like yeah alright let me see how laser feels sat in a room and he just he did the outline of one of the little patterns and it went all blistered and horrible and faded and I was like well, that looks fucking stupid now because I've got a bit lasered. And he was like, I've got to do everything then, haven't I? And he oh. literally lasered my whole bicep three times. But to be, to be fair, what he's done over the top is better. But yeah, no gaps. Agony though. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That I was sat, I went to uh, skin design in Las Vegas where, so Robert Foe was tattooing me. Uh, he was doing my leg. He's done my portraits, my Bruce Lee and my yeah. Thompson portraits. Um and while I was going in and getting tattooed by him, uh, Lacey was getting a tattoo on her arm, lightened up so she could have it covered over okay. with something else. And I remember standing in the room while she was getting it lasered. Just, I mean, not only does it look like, it looks agony, but you get that kind of burning skin yeah. smell as well. Yeah. And then, and I'm standing there thinking, that looks awful. And then Robert Foe rocks up. And so Robert Foe's very, very summarized story is that he learned how to tattoo in prison with one of the old school like like a like a biro shell and a guitar string and the motor out of an old walkman like an old tape player walkman that's a slow that's a slow right? poke isn't it but he did both of his arms and his chest with that tattoo gun it must have took him ages but obviously when you're in prison you got time to kill and he became like one, one he became the tattoo artist for the prison that's how he learned to tattoo at a very young age wow he came out of prison he's you know he's learned how to use proper machines he is one of the best tattoo artists in the world now bar none particularly portraits anyone listening to this that's interested check out his Mother Teresa tattoo his Dalai Lama tattoo and the best one he's, he's done a Manny Pacquiao tattoo on someone on their ribs and it's like it's like it's dark it's well lit and it's dark the photo that he was working from and you can see like the sweat ringing off him as he's throwing the punch and what's I his mean, name he's just nailed it uh, Robert Foe P-H-O and uh he was showing me this video of him getting lasered. So he had all of his arms and chest lasered so he could have it replaced with, with good tattoos, basically. And uh, See, this is it. As you, look, I started with a, a Chinese simmer on my left arm. And me and my wife, we've been together like 20 years. And it's, it's crazy because we met 16 and 17. She went on a holiday and I had this tattoo on my arm. She didn't know. And she had a henna one, the same one. So I was like, obviously, this is, this is the, the lady I'm going to marry. So I had that, and I had like this this one Chinese symbol there, which obviously everyone mocked me for. So when I had the sleeve on the other side, then I got back and I was really proud. I was like, look at my eyes all swollen <laughs> up. And I was like, look at my eyes. They went, yeah, makes that one look shit, doesn't it? Oh. Nice. So then I had to go back and then have this one done. But yeah, it's, when, when you get the, when you just, you start out and you don't even think about your canvas, it's like when people... They sort of have their forearm done or their hands. You're like, bro, you've you've not punched enough cards. Yeah, you've not stamped enough cards no. to have your hands or your neck or your face. No. Like, you've got to be full sleeves, standard. That was minimum. my agreement with myself. Like, I, I want my hands tattooing, I want my neck tattooing, but my agreement was that I would get 
two full sleeves first before I, that's the one yeah wow. mother teresa it's amazing right jeez that was the so my agreement with myself was that i would get the, the full sleeves done before i moved on to my hands on my neck that's that's logical yeah. so there was a um, there was a bit of a, a movement that's kind of seemed to have started in California where people started to get tattoos in places where it was visible before they got tattoos anywhere else. Yeah. And um, my understanding, I think, comes from hanging around tattoo artists and them going, well, we practice on our legs first. Yeah. And then we start getting bits filled up on our chest and on our body. And then we move on where to our arms. you can arms. reach. Yeah. So you kind of you grow into the visible spots. You don't start with exactly. the visible spots and work backwards. So... I always used to hear people calling hands and neck tattoos nerd armor. Yeah. Because, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, it's, well, I've got tattoos on, and I'm, I'm, because, t- you, well, you've got long sleeve shirt on right now. And you were talking earlier about how people treat you differently when you roll your sleeves up. Oh, completely. I'm just going to let the little dog in. One sec. Oh, where is she? Come on. Hey, uh. Where'd she go? Oi, oi. Here she is. Look at this, oh, baby girl cuddles. So, um, yeah, well, they do. People like I, I can obviously my job essentially it just it just projects geek, <laughs> and you get some people coming in, and and they obviously my background is from the gym where I was I was predominantly working with fighters and other and other people of that sort of industry, and obviously I got to know the fighters quite well, but they'd know people that come in, and then you've got these. Not, not plastic gangsters, but certain people that are trying to just constantly wear that bravado. Yeah. Whereas to me, I'm just like, look, you want a nice website or not? Because it, it, it makes a difference. But they would act so differently when I've got a full hoodie on because I'm wearing glasses. I'm obviously covered up. I'm a small frame. And literally, they, they'd be really weird. And then during the, the meetup, I'd take my top off, my, my hoodie off or whatever with my T-shirt on. And then they'd see that, oh my God. Oh, no, no, no. Now we're, now we're completely bros. <laughs> oh yeah validated oh man you're the, you're the boy in fact it happened on um, this was because of you I worked I, sorry I, we're doing Moo's bedroom doing the loft and basically I needed a new unit for um, for a telly to stand on and the one in Ikea was like 160 quid and I found it on a, a selling site I'm not too proud it's all good like it, my daughter's going to kick the shit through it so it doesn't really make a difference and it was 40 quid and I got there and it turned out it was a girl I used to go to school with and obviously we're 20 years removed. So when I got there, it was in my old stomping ground. It was where I grew up and it was in a new estate. And it just a weird like memory lane that I was going down. And I was in a bit of a, like to me, I don't care that I'm rolling up to a, a really affluent place, posh estate in a 2004 Corolla with my ripped jeans and beard or scruffy and all the rest of it. I don't care because fuck And you full reptile shirt. Yeah, for real. So <laughs> wandered in, knocked on the door and like this guy answered the door. They're all really nice. But it was very much transactional. Okay, and there it is. Are you interested? Because we're waiting to have our piano collected. <laughs> Standard Saturday. Of course. So I was like, okay, well, no worries. Yeah, I'll grab it and take it to the car. So I went out and he's like, what's your line of work? I was like, oh, um, do you know the UFC? Are you into fighting? He's like, yeah, I do a lot of jujitsu. I was like, oh, good man. And he actually trains with um, Paulio. Paulinho. Paulinho. Cole. Oh, yeah, okay. So he trains there. Oh, Cole. But instantly, we were bros then. Because mm-hmm. I told him, obviously, I'm working with you. And he's like, oh. And this grin just appeared on his face. And he's like, I now know Dan. And it was like, before that, couldn't give two fucks. Like, excuse me, can you leave please with your stuff? Yeah. Unless you had to pick up the piano. Yeah. The grand piano. Exactly. The baby grand. <laughs> but the difference was, I, I'm a hustler all the time. Absolutely. Never baby. not hustling. But I took my money and I thought, I'm going to knock him down. Always. You always knock him down. But when I got in there, there was two little kids. And I was like, do you know what? It's worth the money. No problem. 
So I gave him the 40 quid, got in the car, and he shouted to me, oh, if you do that, if you do that collaboration, let me know if you can get me some discount. I thought, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I've just gone to like captainposh.com. Thought I'd just keep my integrity intact a little bit with my 2004 Corolla <laughs> and just sort of slink out. Oh, money. Have it, mate. <laughs> no bother. All, all, all day. He's asking me for fucking discount. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. You dickhead. Ram, piano lessons are expensive. Yeah, no, for real, yeah. yeah piano. So, uh, yeah, how do we get onto that subject? Tattoos. Oh, that was it, yeah. Ego. Oh, back to Robert your Robert Foe, yeah. Robert so, Foe. So, he, so Robert Foe pulled up this video on his phone of him getting his chest and his arms lasered. Now, you can imagine in a tattoo studio, there's a bit of a, you know, yeah, tattoo my eyeballs and don't hurt at all, kind of, yeah. you know, we're fine, we're tattoo artists, we can take the pain, it's, we get on That's with it. That's it. And so what he's got is he's got, like a couple of his colleagues around with big handfuls of bags of ice. Like, and I'm not talking like, like a bag of ice you put on the back of a fighter's no. neck between rounds. I'm talking like handfuls, like four or five like bags. Sack. Yeah. And there are two of them standing there. So probably 20 bags of ice between the two or three of them. And they're going, and it makes that re- really weird. Yeah. That clicking noise. And he's laying there and he's got his eyes closed and his face is screwed up and you can hear. And then they stop and the, both of them just dump the ice on him and then you see him go oh but that hurts oh, as well that oh. um, Tony had the pop packs you know like you have in the gym oh, so yeah. you pop it and shake it and basically he was doing the because basically if you if you hold your finger and your fourth thumb an inch apart it looks like a soldier and iron gun and then they hold it at their thumb and they it's an inch away and that hurts but that's that's the effective distance if they pull back it's like someone pulling an elastic band. Sorry, I've just moved away from the back. <laughs> so as you pull back, it gets longer and further and it hurts more. But Really? It, if you get further away? Yeah, so it's like... Tsh, 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 and oh. it really it fully twats you and it, it comes keen. But obviously there's a few things in the world where if, if you're a paying customer, it's different. When it's one of your bros, he just turned to me and bear in mind, this goes into my armpit. And he was going, look, watch out what happens when this, when I do this. And he was going, and he literally pulled right back and just shot this bolt of lightning into my armpit. And I've never wanted to murder anyone so much. And I turned and he's laughing. The You've never seen someone laugh so much. I'm like, bro. And he went, it hurts, doesn't it? I was like, fuck it. And he literally took his shoe off and he showed me his foot where he'd done it to himself just to feel it. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's stupid. He was like, yeah, but now I know it hurts. I can get you with it worth it yeah so let me so my first so i got well technically three tattoos but four because i've got one on each leg so i got the inside bottom lip done first that's my first one skull and crossbones really i think that was fighters only uh, edition four got in the front cover i just stopped uh, diego gonzalez to defend my cage warriors belt nice and as i turn around huel teague's there with his camera and he runs straight up and I just pulled the lip down and just had this ferocious look on my face. When it's fresh. Yeah. Now it sort of says... Oh, it's all over the place. Yeah, you can't even tell what it is now. (laughs) You can't even tell what it is now. Uh, Especially because I've I've had my bottom lip bust so many times and it's just bled out. But So that was my first tattoo. And then I went all in for my second one. I'm like, oh, my stomach doing? Mm. And I I designed it myself. So it's it's a a Tibetan Buddhist prayer um, on Mani Padme Hum in Sanskrit and then it's got a lotus underneath there and the lotus has opened up and it's got a crystal ball inside the lotus and there's steam coming out of the lotus so like the, the idea is the lotus grows through the dirt and the filthy water and when it opens at, at, on the surface it's clean and pristine and beautiful and in the morning when the lotus flower opens up 
obviously in the right climate, you get loads of steam that comes out of yeah. it. So I wanted the steam kind of cutting through the lettering. So I designed this thing and I loved the design. I took it to Steve, but I had like two weeks before my next fight and I, I needed it doing quickly. So I'm like, look, how, how quickly can we turn this around? He's like, right, we can do six hours today. We'll wrap it up in plastic and come back tomorrow and we'll do another six or eight hours or something like that. But it's worth it's worth noting that Steve Tetley was one of the roughhouse boys in the beginning. At his first training session, I gave him the name Psycho. Okay. Psycho Steve Tetley because he's a lunatic. He loves pain. He loves aggro. He loves tattooing because it causes pain. Yeah. And he, and it's not just, not just pain for anybody else. It's pain for himself as well. So he's got um, a smiley face on the bottom of his foot because apparently that's the worst place to get tattooed. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm horrendously ticklish. So can't even Fuck touch that, my feet. Man. Touch Fuck my feet, that. I kick in the head. Yeah. So he's got a smiley face on the bottom of his foot. He's got a, a tattoo down the side of his foot that says spawn from the sack of Satan. You know what I mean? He's, he's a proper he's lunatic. I love him. All I love in. him to bits. He's lunatic. And he's the same. He's like, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt. Yeah, for your second yeah. tattoo. And oh my God. So I had all of the black work done on my stomach first. And then we covered it up and, you know, lubricated it up, wrapped it in plastic. And I went back the next day. That's the worst. And the worst thing about it was because he's doing all the steam around the lettering, it was the latex glove dragging across the skin that was tattooed yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's raised up and yeah. sore. Because it's then, just dry. Yeah. And because it was quite dry and he's got a latex glove, it's kind of skipping across the yeah. skin as he's tattooing. It was just the worst feeling. And I always say, if, if I knew what that would feel like before I'd started, I probably would never have had my stomach tattooed. Same I'm as, such a pussy when it comes to that. Same as ribs. I got my daughter's name on my right-hand side. I've only got two. So now the other one can read. She started questioning why hers is uh. on the left-hand side. But when I went, Tony was starting out. So he did He did it A4. And I was like, nah, A3. So like a twat. And so he put it on. So it's literally from here to here. Yeah. So when he did it the first time, he just did the outline. So it took like six hours. And when I got back, because I could only drop in in between him getting paid work. So he called me in and I sat down. And he, he took one look at him and who's done that? <laughs> Fuck it, and we can make that look way better. Relined the whole thing for six hours. So oh. going over old stuff hurts, but old stuff on ribs. And oh, just, yeah, not nice. So then he's finished it eventually, but I'm not looking forward to having Bing on the other side. No. Yeah. What's, what's your worst tattoo place? What's, um, the, what's the most pain? Was that the most ribs, painful? Ribs is probably the most. And then the bit in my armpit, but basically, it's, it's, there's not a lot, but when he did it and he lasered it, you got to imagine it's been tattooed three times because of when you go, you get your line work, then you get your fill, then you get your sort of finish. Or we, I did. And so he did. He tattooed my armpit three times, then he lasered it three times. So then when he came to put in the new stuff in, he took a run-up. <laughs> like literally fucking javelin this thing into my arm. Like, and but laughing his tits off because he because because he's he's so professional he's really good at what he does he can't laugh when when a paying customer and a client's doing it yeah when you're tattooing your little bro and it's like <laughs> fuck you yeah and it, no no breaks just like there you go it will will we'll stop if he's in pain but i can be in tears yeah it's almost my you can always see my toes yeah see it like i've so i think my Stomach was the worst. I think stomach was the worst. People always think the inside of your mouth is going to be bad, and it's not. Honestly, the inside bottom lip was no bother. Plus, it's really fast as well. And I, I think it's like the worst tattoos are the ones that go over two or three hours because that's when your adrenaline starts to die down yeah. and you start to feel it. 
but stomach was really bad. But like, like spaces, like inside my arms, I didn't think that was too bad. Tops of my shoulders, yeah, they around my collarbone yeah. was really painful. That. that made my ears wiggle. It made <laughs> it feel like someone was holding a lighter. What, wiggle light? To the side of my neck. Oh yeah, like Dangerous Brian. <laughs> yeah. It's a puppet. But I'd get like, it would burn down the side of my neck and my ear would wiggle. I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of bits like that. The the, the biggest adrenaline dump for me was because you know what it's like when someone says two more minutes, and you get that them endorphins and you start feeling like you could run a fucking mile. Mm-hmm. Just, you're ready for this to be over. And I get it with Tony a lot where he'll be like, "Yep, yeah, nearly done. One more minute." And he's that creative that he will then see a gap and be like, "Actually, this could just go yeah. there." Oh. 10 more minutes oh mate and you know you've got that you go up into the clouds and you're like oi oi and yeah. then he's like oh carry on I'm like oh I just want my mum yeah and he just give him two fucks because he just needs to get me done and out of the way and that's the the most awful feeling yeah yeah what I find anyway yeah. but I think he's just being a fucker I remember going because I always used to have I always used to want big tattoos and I always used to want big spaces filling and then I had to get them done fast because I was between fights, between yeah. training camps. So like when I got the wings and the Sacred Heart done on my back, I was actually living across the road from the tattoo studio, which helped. I was living on Melrose in Hollywood. Just just nipping out. Yeah, just <laughs> nip across the road. And uh, hang on. Oh, you are the neediest little dog. The neediest little dog. She's quiet though. She is quiet, but she's people don't even know there's a dog here. No, Ben would be shouting his head off. Like, Excuse me. <laughs> oh, oh, um, do you want to pick me up as well? Where's my mic? <laughs> um, Look at this one. Bless her. We need it. We need a. We need a camera at some point so people can see where we're just at. Just on their collar. Just while we're out. <laughs> what are you not to? Just chilling. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I wandered over to Spotlight Tattoo on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood, and there was a, a tattoo artist working there called Norm, and I'm not sure whether he's still there, but he's a he's a very prolific graffiti artist as well as tattoo artist, oh, and he's very very heavy handed, and I'm like. I want a sacred heart with wings. I'm thinking it's going to be about 14 inches across. And as always, tattoo artists, they double the size. As like, this. Yeah. As long as it can be done in a day. Yeah. No bother. We did it in just over eight hours and we had about a 20 minute break in, in the middle. And he like, so like three, three hours in, my adrenaline's gone. Yeah. And I'm literally just sitting on the chair facing the opposite direction, just shaking. Just shaking. You just need to squeeze something. Yeah. You just like I can remember going around to Tony's one night because Liam had been my mate from work, and basically I took everyone I knew. So because I wanted him to succeed, I wanted him to get his business. I, I just he his fear was what if I leave and it doesn't work. And the thing my theory was he was that good as an artist, even if he wasn't that good with a gun. He was that good that if he did a fuck up, he could make it look better. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So I sort of had this complete faith. I knew he was going to be good because he, he was just a creative mind. So essentially, if anyone ever spoke to me about anything, the next minute I'm taking him to his house to be tattooed. And one of my one of my closest friends at Egg Liam, um, proper rock and roller. He was a hard motherfucker from Manchester. Came to Derby, didn't understand where all these pussies were from. Like just like if you saw him coming down the street, you cross the road. But mm-hmm. a heart of gold, and. It essentially he knew Tony through me and he sort of can you talk to Tony about getting tattooed I was like yeah no worries and he's a big Man City fan but quite into like he had heaven and earth and everything else he's like heaven and hell and he's like I want tribal on my back but I want it blue and red for city and all the rest and I was like all right yeah no worries man I sent him off just to go and see Tony turns out he drove home with him Tony did his entire back in one night he slept there and then they came back to work together the next day and his shirt was stuck to him. Oh. 
It, don't get me wrong, the artwork was on point. Everything was bang on, but literally, you know, when you've led the lamb to the slaughter, yeah. I was like, came up to the next day, I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was like, got any bepanthin? And I was like, where? <laughs> Why? And he just lifted his back up and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, it's what I wanted. Yeah. But I got to got to their house the next day and they had this kitchen roll that was just crushed and chewed. Where, like you say, hour three, just you're over stop it. him grinding his teeth. Yeah, hour five, six, seven, he was just biting down on this. Yeah. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that? I bet you used to watch this and this is a very British show. So apologies to anybody outside the UK. But do you remember Men Behaving Badly? When he when he does it when with, he was his, tad, with a pen. Yeah, and he's got that whole stack of uh, wooden spoons. Yeah. And he's just, just biting his way through them. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement. And, and when, so the funny thing was when I was getting my back done, my back tattoo done, it was eight, it was about eight hours. And that night I had to be at like a launch party for a tattoo magazine, oh. which was obviously very fitting. And I was meeting my good friend Mo Rat there, um, the f- photographer for Metal Hammer and a bunch of other uh, magazines. And uh, when I got there, first thing he said is, you're bleeding through your shirt. I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I, I had a quick look in, in the mirror in the bathroom. And so he'd put cling film, shrink wrap, yeah. for the US listeners across my top shoulders but it was bleeding from underneath the shrink wrap it was just oh, running down just my running back and then my shirt was soaking it up and I'm I'm literally walking around this tattoo party everybody there is inked up and the amount of people coming up to me confused like where's that blood from? Yeah, you're bleeding through your shirt it's a new tattoo oh like what do you not bleed when you get yeah. tattooed? no I wear a black shirt <laughs> <laughs> I just shouldn't have gone I was exhausted but um, Wait, uh, the thing is, it's like when I look at MMA, because uh, unfortunately, if you like it or not, you're on show. And there's a lot of people who get some really fucking cool. Like Benson Henderson always stands out with his wings. They look badass. Because yeah. he, he went full tilt, shoulder to shoulder. He's like, look, the whole thing or nothing. But there's so many that are for, like Robbie Lawler. Dude, that's like a 25 minute filling. Just go and get that. Just go and get I'll it. I'll sharpie it. I, I would sharpie it before every fight. Even if you don't want to do it, what did he die of? Ink poisoning. Amazing. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of them that almost like, the, I think the main embarrassing thing would be not just standing there in your pants, but when you look at like, is that a Superman? That's a Superman <laughs> tattoo, isn't it? Chained to your arm. Name that fighter. A, a Superman tattoo Superman, chained. Superman is, logo. Was it Tim Sylvia? Well done. Oy, oy. Boom. One point for Because Owen. it started out as just a Superman and then he added the shit tribal, which he then added the, the <laughs> I think I want chain mail. All right. Do you want to take that belt off? Nope. Wearing it. Do you know what I mean? I'm surprised he didn't have Pat Miller's wife tattooed on his back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh man, some of the tattoos. I, I always go back to the same one. Alan no, Belcher's portrait. No, you know no. I talk, you know it, I'm talking... It just looks like the Marshmallow Man. Note to anybody, if you're getting a portrait, don't get it in colour. No, and, and, don't and do get your colour. research. Because you know when Johnny Cash looks like a melted tomato? <laughs> I always thought he looked a bit like Miss Piggy. Mate, I don't get it. I think it. that's because of how pinky is. And because Alan Belcher, a great fighter, don't get me wrong. It's just a mass of nothing, though. That's just, the thing. But when he starts to sweat and when he start, when his body temperature rises, his whole body goes oh, kind dude. of pink because he's so pale. Yeah. It, look, it looks like he's he couldn't decide which Blues brother he preferred. So he was like, just do like a Bert and Ernie mashup. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not so wide, maybe not so tall. Just, just smash it all in there. But there's a lot of them. It's like, was it Cody Garbrandt? You just won the belt. Okay, so... Now, I'll always, I'll always tell you how poor I am and how much of a struggle it's been and all the rest of it. But 
you've got coin now, dude. And you're in a world where people know fucking people. So what are you doing? And it's just like he went to his cousin who had some crayons and was like, belt please. <laughs> and do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't get it. I just, I, when you're in that world and you've got a little bit of money, have a word. Especially when your skin's on show. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, it's part of your canvas, isn't it? Because I know that um, TJ was talking... You know? Well, yeah, TJ was talking about it because he had a full sleeve. Then he realised that there was arsenic in the ink and that was giving him some problems because I never realised... Is that right? Yeah, I've got shit bad skin oh. through eczema and all the rest of it. And I didn't know if it... Because essentially I've got my right chest, full ribs, half my back, both sleeves. It's quite a bit of ink. And I didn't know if it was partly that because the amount of tests they've done and just gone... Mm. you're a bit of a weirdo I, I had a friend that was allergic to red ink yeah and he had and I'll tell you about him Ryan Jordan he's yeah but he didn't know he, he didn't know he was no. allergic until he got the whole, whole chest whole I mean, and it's not even chest it's front body it's a wicked tattoo it's Norm who did, did my front back front body front body that sh- from now on when, <laughs> like, when, we're t- when we're learning about bodies anatomy <laughs> is that a chest no that's a front body it's a front body front body back body <laughs> <laughs> But it's, so it's like all the way down. I mean, it's, it's like this, if I remember right, it's like a double-headed eagle. That got, so the heads of the eagles go up onto onto his onto his top chest and kind of collarbones. Does it look a bit like a Chael Sonnen tap-out walkout show? <laughs> without taking anything away from the artwork. That was one thing they were guilty of. It's like, has, has it got skulls? More skulls. Yeah, more skulls. Has it got eagles? More eagles. Yeah. Not even eagles, just wings. Yeah, lightning, wings, eagles, Spiderwebs. We need some. We had a few of them. Yeah. And a bandana paisley pattern, please. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. problem. But sorry, carry Throw on. He, he had together. the he had the full. So he's got yeah, like a double headed eagle. He's got a crest in the centre of his chest with a ship in a storm, and then he's got obviously the, like the legs of the eagles coming down towards okay. his waist. But there's a lot of red ink. It's a very very heavy tattoo. Same guy that did my back tattoo, Norm, did a wicked job. It's a great tattoo. But the areas that were red ink had like started to swell up and cause him some problems and it was an allergy to the red ink. But you imagine if you've ever had an allergic reaction to anything and you need to get it off you or out of you and it's a waiting game because yeah. ultimately it goes away. Genuinely, like if you look at my arms and stuff, it, it doesn't look bad, but I, I could scratch it off. Like The only thing I can I can relieve it with is like a scolding hot shower, like literally get in point blank and I blast myself and it's horrendous. And Stacey, she, she can't put a hand to the, to the tap which is weird in. because it's normally women that have got the asbestos Lobster skin. Lobster yeah. oh, Well, like the other day, I got something out of the oven and um, I got it out and just literally started turning these things over and just pulling like baking trays out with my hands <laughs> and stuff. So like, what are you doing, you psychopath? Why are you doing? And I was like, it's fine. If I don't hold it for long, I'm all right. It's mind over matter. And I'm just turning these chicken dippers over. Stacey's just like, you're an idiot. Just use a fucking fork. That immediately reminded me of Ali G when you said that. You know the movie Chicken Dippers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, chained yeah. to the rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have we've gone off on a thirty-five minute tangent and about tattoos. about tattoos, and we started off talking about the Montcon card. Just about that, then. So going back, because we did mention James Irving, don't you think that Smith looks like James Irving, but he had a bit of a face change? I can see that a little bit. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I can see that James Irving had. Yeah, he was he was a bit more concerned about his haircut. James Irving was than he looked Anthony good, Smith. Man. He's just like watching him fight. Yeah, I, I, he looked the part certainly. Yeah, definitely. I hope. I've just got a text from Hey Adam Catterall. Dan, where's where are we at with the audio? <laughs> Adam, we're recording it right now, mate, and I'm just going to send you a message. Um, 
So let's let so let's have a look through this card. There's some wicked fights on this card. I'm really looking forward to going out to this because I'm working with Jimmy Smith for the first time. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, Ro I'm Jogan. looking forward to that. Ro Jogan. Yeah, and uh, and and Fitzy, nice. Brendan Fitzgerald. It's a good. I'm looking forward to it. It's a good three man booth. I'll stay here. <laughs> you stay here. <laughs> I hold the fort. You hold the fort down. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not doing a breakdown for any of these fights, uh, so we can talk about any of these. So, where do you want to start? Do you want to start lower down? Like Stevie Ray's opening the card up. That'd be nice against Yesen Ayari, who's moving down to lightweight, or is Stevie Ray moving up to welterweight? Where are we? No, no, moving down to lightweight. Oh, no. That's a good fight. That's a good scrap. And then we've got Arjun Buller uh, on the next fight, and Arjun Buller's got a, got a massive following. I do like Stevie Ray, you know. I'm, yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, when he fought in Scotland. Fantastic! Um, oh, the reception that he got, got when he was insane, out. right? Amazing. Just a bit of a rough one because he uh, he got elbowed to to bits by Paul Felder, didn't he? Yes. Beautiful finish. Yeah. What's what's standing out to you on this card? What's um, jumping out, mate? I can't. I'm looking forward to seeing Lobov fight because he's got a, a a replacement, hasn't he? He's fighting uh, Michael Johnson. He is. Yeah. And I think I don't know Artem. He's just got that walk forward sort of that Russian. You're not going to stop me. We we need to get you running the UFC website, mate, because this main card is still old. Yeah, it's a bit jacked in it. There's no pictures. Ed Herman looks like he's got the mumps because they took the <laughs> photo about like uh, two inches away. I used to train with Ed Herman. I spent a month out at Team Quest and I, I did a lot of good training sessions with Ed Herman. He he moves he moves deceptively slow, but hits you a lot. Yeah, because it's like you you kind of you you expect him. You expect him to be faster, so you react to the punch, and you, like so, you put your guard up. By the time you've guarded and you've counted to three and put your arm down, his punches just get into your face yeah. and it knocks you off your feet. Which is, I mean, that's a tactic in itself. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he was he was my pick. Was he season two? I think he was. Yeah, season two, the short fuse. That's uh, a fun fight, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna... Gian Vellante. Yeah, I do like uh, any, anyone from uh, anyone from that camp. Yeah. 16 and 10 against 23 and 30 24 and 30 that's just a fuck it fight isn't it? that's isn't just it? to pull the cars in yeah put the headlights on see who falls we're, over we're yeah we're banging boys <laughs> but yeah uh, Taleb against Strickland's a good fight where am I looking I'm excited for that one because Nordi and Taleb has always to me looked far too big for uh, for welterweight and Sean Strickland started off at middleweight so he's moving he's moved down and yeah, because didn't Nordine get into a bit of trouble? He looked good on his last one, but then didn't was he it, get into it. Yeah, who did he fight? Did he stop Danny Roberts? But wasn't it touch and go? But then bit. he saw, then he pulled it back. But, oh, uh, Chris Fishgold's making his debut on this card. Fishy. That's going to be a good one. And he's got a tough fight as well in uh, Calvin Qatar. There are a lot of good fights on this card. It's a bit strange because I've never heard of Moncton. Apologies to anybody that's there. I've just, I've just never heard of it. I mean, the UFC's never been there before, as far as I know. Which I think is cool. That's the f- whenever it's the first time. It's, yeah. it's sort of, we went to uh, UFC seventy. We went to UFC Manchester when it was when Crocop got Crocopped, and it was mate. It was insane. Mm. And I know, I know they'd done the was it the brawl at the hall. Yeah, um, I think that was the first one since then, though. Thirty-eight, that was. Yeah, so yeah. that was Ian Freeman. But mm-hmm. I think from that, it was then seventy was the first time it was over here. Yep. Because my ticket was like two hundred and eighty quid. Was we had, it? Yeah, we had to buy four. Um, <sighs> and, and my my wife actually uh, almost caused a fight. We we were sat and there was there was some lads sat in front of us. One of them looked like Postman Pat, and he was clearly the dickhead of the group. 
But the double dickhead was his mate that kept bullied him. So when I say he was the dickhead of the group, he was just the one that just got ragged. And he was sat there and there was two lads in front of him and they kept just fucking with him. But we're sat, bear in mind, this is the first UFC in the UK for fucking ever. And my wife is five foot, what did I say the other day? She's she's a diddler, <laughs> right? Okay. But she doesn't fuck around. And she sat there and there's me, her cousin and his wife. So Paul and Jen sat next to us. And basically, Paul's a big lad. He's, he can handle himself. Jenny can handle herself. I'm meek and mild sat in the middle. And these lads are just fucking around the whole time. Like, bear in mind, it's cost us like a grand to be sat there. And they kept stealing his program and just fucking with him. And it was one of them where it got to the point where he starts standing up and like really interfering with what we're watching. Sat next to him was a couple of bodybuilders. On the other side was a full kit wanker, full tap out dude. Behind, and everyone's getting pissed off with these fucking guys. No one said a word for like six fights. So Stace just wanders over taps him on the shoulder and unleashes the biggest round of fox you've ever heard <laughs> and they all literally stopped to do, I'm, I'm so sorry I, 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 I didn't mean to do it I'm, I'm really sorry and then all these other guys these big lads came over to him and was like thanks a lot for that Doc. that was lovely <laughs> I, I was about to say something it's like no you fucking yeah. weren't but mate she had the literally the billy walk out of there uh, from uh, Manchester uh, with just all these people thanking her and it was it, you do get a few fucking dicks yeah. I remember my dad falling out with Jordan you remember Jordan Alex Reed, yeah, yeah, Jordan. Tits McGee. Yeah. And uh, Alex Reed was there, and like my dad likes to fall out with people. And I think it was like, I was fighting on that card. I think it was, yeah, uh, 220. uh, 120, sorry. I'd say 220. 220. 120, which was what, eight years ago yesterday or something like that? Is that London? Yeah. So that was the day after the expo? Yes. That was an experience. I remember none of none of that weekend. <laughs> that <month. laughs> no, I remember standing. I remember standing at the MRI place waiting to be called in for a brain scan, and I was standing there with Steve Pat, my old Thai boxing coach, and I was just kind of figuring out what had happened. My my brain was just starting to get back online. I'm like, oh, we threw a punch at the same time. I dropped my left hand. Uh, sorry, I dropped my right hand. He caught me on the chin. My mohawk wobbled back and forth. Yeah. Fucking Robert Downey Jr. standing uh, sitting octagon side. He jumps up to his feet. Fuck it was you, are, DJ. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that Iron Man. You hear me now? I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm looking for you, Iron Man. It was it was funny because it he was sat with Guy Ritchie and Jude Law, and it seemed almost like the two Brits were supporting me, and yeah. the one American was supporting the American fighter. Yeah, we should have we could have at least pulled him across. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because oh, you, you don't want to get up on your knees and just look at him and be like fuck off <laughs> do you know what I mean you want to think oh nice to meet you dude yeah but nah fuck it I've tried I, I spoke to Jeremy Piven a couple of times and I've said look we, we can train you up to fight Robert Downey Jr Imagine, that's like, the undercard of Chuck that's the, under- that's the undercard oh, of Chuck and Tito <laughs> hey we were talking about this the other day yes about putting together a, like a like a fantasy fiction undercard I think we do it regularly when 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 um, Bamator Bellator <laughs> or anyone else just releases one of these crazy cards because there's a lot of fights that never got read on mm. or you'd like to see again because of the training and how everything is now. And it's it's stuff like Tim Sylvia against... What is she doing? The she little dog's climbing under... She's one time. <laughs> I don't know what she's looking for. The little dog's climbing under the, uh, the the kitchen worktops. What are you finding? There's nothing there for you. Things. <laughs> dog there's no things. treasure there for you. <laughs> So, like, you suggested this. last Was it last week after we yeah, recorded? Yeah, I, I was collecting the kids. I'd driven home... And I'd gone down the M1 and I was just driving back, just thinking out different matches. And I couldn't wait to tell you. And I was collecting the kids in the playground, just shouting names at you. <laughs> so what did we come up with? We came up with some good we ones. We had a Carlos we? Newton. We had uh, Uno. Mm. A lot. Just so many. I'd have liked to have seen Paul Buentello against Cabbage. 
Yes. That would be good. Or, or Paul Tank. Wentel- yeah, Tank against Paul Buentello or Kyle Cabbage would there be was good. Wes all Sims. three of them all Wes together. Wes Sims would be nice to get back in there. Wes Sims. But Wes Sims needs to fight someone old school and tall, doesn't he? Yeah, that just wants to throw it. Like yeah. uh, Brandon Vera, someone like that. There you go. Who, who was the tall guy that... Oh, I forgot his name now. I'm oh. sure Tim Sylvia fought him. I'm sure Tim Sylvia fought him. Not, he, not he Ray Monson. No, he was like six <laughs> foot eight, six foot seven. He was shorter than Tim Sylvia, but he was the second tallest guy in the US UFC. I'm For a belt probably, or not? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure whether he was defending his belt or not. Not the guy that Randy uh, Anaconda. No. Oh, I, I almost remember his name then. I almost. Remember, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page now. Who else did you come up? with? what other names did you come up uh, with? You Roger, had some good. Roger Huerta was a. Uh, Always exciting. Yeah, absolutely, Roger Huerta. Stuff like, like we said, like Vandalay fighting uh, Vitor again. Do you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. sort, that sort of thing. I think we could... Gan be- McGee. Oh. Remember Gan didn't McGee? did Gan McGee have the weird tash? Looked like a... It looked like the guy off of uh, Six Family f- Guys. And eggs and have and lift <laughs> and eggs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the way uh, lifters. Yeah. Barnabas. Yes. Barnabas. And that's that's Tim Johnson who fought on Bamatol at the weekend. Oh, right. Yeah. And and a little bit of Patrick Cummins. <laughs> Yeah, Gan McGee was six foot ten. Gan McGee. Do you remember him? Yeah, didn't he fight the policeman as well? Can you remember the policeman that came in and basically he'd done something like stopped a robbery but used a rear naked choke or something like that? And then Dana White was like, What have you done? He says, I've just done my job, but I'm into the UFC. And it wasn't that, it wasn't as well known. And then they had him on a card and he just got filled in. Yeah. How about Rico Rodriguez against Andre Olovsky? Hiko. He called. I'd watch that. Suave. Mate, and the thing is, that's why the fight pass for me is insane. Like, for me at the minute, I'm waiting for the next event because like, this weekend we didn't really have one. I know the Bellator's on, but there's just no UK coverage. Like, they just don't, it blows me away that I wanted to see Chael, I wanted to see Rampage, I want to see all of that, but there was, I couldn't even buy it, couldn't mm. do anything. So, as much yeah, as that it was happened, frustrating, that was. I well, you've got Benson why. Henderson on there. You've got good guys that I want to see fight yeah. that I can't really tune in. So it just makes it a bit shit. So when I've got like the next event that I'm looking forward to, because I've seen everything, but for me, there's a million cars. Obviously, I've men- always mentioned UFC 80 in Newcastle because if you're not a massive fan, there's a lot of rock'em sock'em. Mm. There's a lot of fucking... Was that the one that Paul Taylor, Paul Kelly fought? Telly Kaylo. Kelly Taylor. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Road Jogan. <laughs> but it, it just it just rock 'em sock 'em. Yeah. But the whole card was outstanding. And there's so many on the, the fight pass that you can just when me and Chris were working together in the dinner time, we I, he'd bring up a card and be like, Tell me a good fight. I'd be like, Look for Van Lee Silva, Chris Lieben. What a fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know because we only had to say half an hour, it was always easy to pull out a nice, crisp, like quick John Jones against um Leo Tomashida. Yeah. Just filth fights. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. as much as I appreciate a grappling game or a fight going to a decision, to, to draw people in, it's always got to be an Ian Freeman, Remco Paradell fucking elbow, some shit that is going to get them get turned on. Yeah. So I, I think that I'm just jealous that I haven't got that to watch. Well, so I was having a conversation. Uh, I am totally twisted around. Was last week 229? Was that no, the week, week before? before. Jeez, I've not still not recovered from that week. I'm still exhausted. Um, so I was having a chat with a couple of people at the UFC offices, and I was saying, look, we need to promote Fight Pass more because there are so many good fights that are just sitting on Fight Pass. Yeah. People don't even know that are there, especially all the people that have joined uh, the UFC, especially like since Connor. 
Like the amount of fans that Ronda brought over when she first started out. Like there yeah, are so many fights that you've missed. the amount of people before that. Right. Anderson, you I like that. Anderson's I like the, I like the action the, 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 that you did. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can't see it, but it is. Yeah. We've got to get a camera up in here. Yeah, at some point. So, so we were talking about this the other day and a, and a way of of kind of going through and, and presenting some of these fights. So we are going to wallpaper my studio with all of the fight cards from UFC 1 all the way through. Yes. And then I'm going to go through, I'm going to watch every fight again. And I'm going to make notes on each fight, and then we're going to put together little packages oh, so right. people can go, okay, go to UFC 37 and watch this fight. Go to UFC 41 and watch this fight. But you almost need to watch them chronologically because the problem is, yeah, I can tell you fights to jump back to, but if I use Anderson as an example, as a diehard, we knew who he was. But if you didn't know that and you've seen Rich Franklin dominate a division for, say, three, four years, whatever it was, I mean, Rich Franklin came on the scene looking like Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber <laughs> and, fu- and a maths teacher, but just icing everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it, genuinely, he was Stace's favourite fighter. So we used to watch and she'd watch for, for Rich Franklin. And, essentially, and pink and brown shorts. Dude, Brave uh, choice. Yeah, but he backed it up, man. He, I mean, I know the, the Ken Shamrock fight on the Ultimate Fighter finale was a little bit rope-a-dope, but yeah. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> That's a weird one. But, Even Rich Franklin was surprised. Yeah. But he, he went on that knockout of Nate Quarry. Right. Mate. Amazing. That's just like, where are, you, where are your arms? I'll leave them there. It was like someone had turned his whole skeletal system to he, stone. He just felled a tree. And, and Nate but, Quarry was confident. Yeah. He was walking into that confident. He was tough, Nate Quarry was, though, yeah. wasn't he? But, but with Rich, when Anderson Silva came along, I mean, he'd beat Chris Lieben. If I remember, he came in, beat Chris Lieben, and everyone was fucking blown away because yeah. Chris Lieben didn't even get a shot. Oh, off. mate, hitting his head like a speed bag. For real. Bing, and bing, anyone bing. else was done before that. I, when I see punches landing like that, I always, the, the sound that always goes through Timber. my head, it's, no, it's, it's the, like when you're on a, on a driving range at golf, oh, yeah. at golf <laughs> like, the, like the ping noise. Ping. Ping. That, that, yeah, that feels. You know what I mean? Like that when you when you've got someone that's got such a hard head. We need like someone Chris just Lieben. to do that for us, just ding, to play ding, that little. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no one else gets what it is. <laughs> but then when he went and he fought Rich Franklin and and didn't throw a punch mm-hmm. and destroyed. So if we went back and we said, "Oh, watch Anderson this or that," you've already got this. You already understand who's coming in. But when the spider came in, looking slick and Rich Franklin, he was super humble, kissing Rich Franklin. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a nice fight, mate. And then just. Fucked yeah. his world up. Right. That's why you got to watch it in order. Yeah. You've got to. You've got to. And yeah, there's there's a few that you're not going to suffer through, but there's a few that you you might not love as much. But once you've got that back catalogue, and you've got the and you've got the hierarchy of Militich, Lions Den, American Top Team, and you know that Randy is training with, um, like all the yeah. uh, was it Quest or Quest t- so we had yeah Matt Linland uh, Dan Henderson Chris Lieben was up there dude all those guys yeah, Ed Herman who's on this card and when you get when you sort of see these little pockets of, it's like with a rough house and you see the pockets of how it's all built that when you look at it now it's a fucking it's a different circus it's completely different yeah. so you, so what you're saying is we've got to go back and go through chronologically so when we do present Anderson Silva people already understand and appreciate how good Anderson Silva was when he arrived. And how good Rich Franklin was. Because you, you you pull Rich Franklin up now and essentially all you see is Jim Carrey. So And you don't care that he's a math teacher because, well, who the fuck is he anyway? Mm. Jim but, Carrey that can smell round corners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you don't put that on a pedestal, you don't highlight that, it's like I can remember getting into it purely because of the Dreamcast. 
I got the UFC game and like you'd turn someone off and it just blew my mind. Then my brother-in-law, Rich, got me their ultimate knockouts. Mm -hmm. And I, from that point, I was hooked. But I think be, because you get obsessed with something, you start you start looking into relationships of why Chuck and Tito and, and Tito's going to fight Dana and all these things that were big news at the time now, which is... She just chilling She's digging there. a hole in the corner now. Oh, do it. Just do it. She's, doing. she's having a bit of a weird one today. But with for, for me, it, because I because I watched it in order, I, I've I've got way more vested interest to know that someone left that camp to go to that camp mm -hmm. and to do this and that. Whereas now it just it doesn't seem anywhere near as yeah. As, it's not it's not as it's not as clear because the sport's so much bigger now. I think it was yeah. like there were just a few camps and a few real standouts then, but now it's so funny. So when we when we were discussing that uh, about the fancy matchups thing. I went out to Vegas and that was bouncing around in my head. And then I went to the quintet uh, uh, grappling tournament on the Friday night before yeah, yeah. 229, which was awesome, by the way. Get on Fight Pass and go back and watch it. It was wicked. It was so cool. So the format of that is that you've got, is it, I think it's four team, four team members per, per team, team, but they, they have to weigh a, a, a total amount, which I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, 400 kilos or something like that. But then I got to thinking, I'm like, so imagine if we did those kind of tournaments, but in MMA with the old school teams. So like Lions Den put a team forward and it Lions Den is Guy Mezger, uh, Ken Shamrock, Tarteligman, Frank Shamrock, Frank Shamrock. Boy. And then you go okay, now Militich put a team together and then you've got Matt Hughes, Matt Jens Hughes, Pulver, Jens Pulver, Tim Silver. Tim Silver. Yeah. I'd even put Pat Militich. Pat Militich. Yeah. What, what about a schoolyard headlock? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't even imagine how annoyed he was then. No. But like like that would be wicked. Well, yeah, because the the thing is, it, it always feels wicked, but this goes back to the golden eye thing, doesn't it? When you put it on, you're like, oh, this is wank. <laughs> and it's a bit like when you watch Chael Fedor or a bit like when we watch Tito Chael. Every bit of you wants to watch it and get back because it takes you back 10 years. But it's but, not. And it's not because it's like when Rampage is fighting now. There was a time when Rampage was a fucking killer. Yeah. And I look at him now and he's... I love Rampage to bits. I got to meet him a while ago and he just... But it's it's not the same fury, no. Because he had a lot of fun with it before. I think he's in a lot of pain. I think he's he he's done a lot of a lot of miles. Mm. And like when him and Vandalay were stood facing off, it's almost like they were both just looking at each other, going, "Here we go again." Yeah, yeah. What do you need to pay off? Yeah, right. Vat bill. Yeah, yeah. Monster truck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got. A plane did did to you pay do for. you remember that footage? That photos of of Rampage next to his Going Rampage, Rampage truck. Yeah. And he's like, like face down with his hands laced behind his yeah. head, and the police are around him. After he lost to Forrest, yeah. What do you do when Forrest Griffin takes your belt? <laughs> I fuck off in my truck, <laughs> and I don't stop. I got a rampage, mate. Literally, yeah. But you imagine, and it's like, who is it? It's not like an OJ Bronco, is it? No, it's fucking face it on the massive. side. It was massive. It was, uh, it, and it was said rampage. Yeah, I have a photo of it parked outside Legends with Rampage standing next to it, and then Connor Hewner used to fight for Elite XC. And he's standing next to his little scooter. So I've got the two of them. But Rampage's truck is even the back, even the, the, the bed at the back is, is higher than Rampage's head. I remember Massive. watching an interview with Joe. Joe Rogan still had hair. And he was interviewing oh, like Rampage. 40 years ago, right? Yeah. Interviewing Rampage wherever they were in America. And Rampage was sat on the back of his truck just smoking. <laughs> just straight straight cigarettes. Just just smoking. with Talking to Joe Rogan and eating chicken. But destroying people. Yeah. 
obviously it was in Pride, so it was a bit more. He was just a he was a special character. The Rampage was. There's a is it Rampage Unchained? There's a documentary yes. called Rampage Unchained, and there's a bit in that where he goes into a, like a like a sports store in Japan before one of the events, and he's trying to buy a cup. Like he showed up to to the fight and he's not bought his no, growing no, guard no, with him. So he's, so he's like he's dealing with this, like this little Japanese girl who works in the shop who can't really understand what he's saying. So definitely doesn't get his humor. No. And he's like, I need a cup. I've got big balls. I've got really big balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's on this little scooter riding around. And right. That's a that's a that's a wild documentary. That's worth a watch. We've again gone off on Sorry, a mad dude, tangent. No, no, no. It's, it's 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 the nature of our conversations. Like. This is how Owen and I's conversation goes all the time. We could talk for 12 hours straight and just go off on 300 different That's tangents. normally what spins me. I get home and Stace goes, what, what have you spoke about? I'm like, can't remember. we've been talking ever since I saw him. I can't remember which bits were recorded and which not. Because there's times when me and you are halfway through a conversation. You're like, nope. We need it. to record this. Wait. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, um, okay. When my brain's all my brain's saying is talk about Lego, talk about Lego, talk about Lego, and I think no, I can't. I've got to save it. Oh, I could talk about Lego all day. Yeah, I need fair. to make a I need to make a, a, a UFC Lego set. That's what we need. Have you seen them? Some people have done it. My, my oh, mate really? China once made me a UFC cake. It's my thirtieth, so he did UFC thirty, made the cake with icing, and then he used chocolate fingers for the posts and curly whirly for the mesh. Brilliant. The dogs dude up a dons. Honestly, man, I don't even eat cake and. I couldn't hog him enough. It was the best cake I've ever seen in my life. It was That's amazing. Awesome. Talking yeah. of cages, we've just been over to Hardy Wall at MMA Dude. to see the cages that we just had fitted yesterday. Shout out to GMAT for coming up to, to uh, the Midlands and fitting that for us. It is the shit. Awesome job. Yeah. Mate, I, I'm so excited. Just I didn't even want to walk in. You were you were in and you were doing a bit of a, a bit of a warm-up. Jimmy had been on there and I was just sort of stood on the edge. I thought, ah, let, let Dan have a minute. I don't want to... Because I just run in like a dead excited <laughs> kid into a ball pool. It was it's amazing. wicked, isn't it? It's yeah. wicked. That gym's coming together. We're going to be open in a few weeks. Um, we've got to get the mats down once the, the, the lighting's finished and then we'll be rolling. I can't wait. But there's a video. Have a look at uh, Judo Jimmy on Instagram. He's hitting pads in the, in the cage last night. It is a wicked cage. It's, yeah. the, it's the best cage I've ever been in, aside from a UFC one, obviously. But it's got all the UFC bits. So we didn't you spring for, it's a bit bigger. You've got yeah. the UFC grade mesh. Uh-huh. We, we went we went slightly bigger, so it's a twenty two foot cage, which which was the biggest we could fit in the room, which is it's a decent size, isn't it? But there's still well. room. What what I liked about it was the fact that I've seen them wedged into gyms before, where you've got an octagon, but the back is a square. If that makes sense, yeah. so they put it into a corner, which it always feels a bit like it was an afterthought. Is they didn't measure it very well. What I liked about this was, it's you've got room to stand all the way around. Mm-hmm. So like if you literally want to, if you want to have a bit of a smoker, you could chuck someone in the middle and that's no daylight. Yeah. It, yeah. That really impressed me. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I can't wait to start getting guys in there sparring. It's going to be good. Right. We need, to, so we're at almost an hour now. So let's, let's r- rattle through this card. So even if you don't, even if you're not sure how the fight's going to go, just okay. give me a pick and we'll rattle through them. So let's start with the first fight. So Stevie Ray against Yesen Iyari. I've got to go Stevie Ray. I can't. Yeah, I like Stevie Ray. Not that I don't even really know the other guy. Y- Yesin was the guy that Jimmy fought in uh, in the UFC in his debut. Oh, okay. Do you remember? Yes. That was difficult for me to call because I'd been working really with Jimmy tricky. a little bit. And I mean, I, and I obviously, you know, I like Yesin. I'd, I'd followed his career. I was looking forward to him making his debut. And then they were like, oh, and he's fighting Jimmy Warlord. I'm like, ah. Fucking hell. Can't you give him a cost check? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone should fight Kostya. Yeah. So uh, I'm saying Stevie Ray. Yeah, I'm gonna lean slightly towards Stevie Ray, mainly because I've not seen Yes and Yari at, uh, at lightweight. I don't know how he's gonna. But to be honest, I mean that might be his best weight class. 
I think Steve is going to get a decision. Mm. Be a good fight. Right. Yeah. Uh, Arjun Singh Buller against Marcelo Golm. I would say. Seven and one against six and one. I'm saying Marcelo Golm. Just really? going off pictures, dude. I'm just going yeah. off picture. I'm going to be honest because I'm not sure what that tattoo is on uh, Arjun's arm. I'm not sure what that is, actually. I've not seen that. And I don't he's, this, the, the arena is going to be loud for Arjun Singh Buller. He's got a massive following. Massive following. Very cool to see him. And, and I think he's I think he's going to come out in his turban this time. I think he's got that cleared. 83% TKO for Marcelo Golm. Yeah, that's high. No decisions. It. That's high. Out of seven fights. Yeah. That's is, that a, that's a hundred, is that 100% finish rate? It uh, is. Yeah. 83%. There's my math for you. Yeah. 83% knockout. Is there any decision? <laughs> no, it definitely is. No. So that's, yeah. So if it goes the distance, it's going to lean towards uh, Arjun Singh Bola. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Who are you going for? I'm I'm going to stop there because I'm calling this card, so I'm not going to make any more predictions. I'll just pick there. Yeah. So okay. go on. Which one you reckon? I'll go for Golm. Golm. Okay. Who we got next? I don't know either of these guys yet. I've not started my research. So Tay Edwards against Don Madge. And Don Madge doesn't even come from anywhere. It's just it's got That's no it. He just no. He just he just he just landed. He just arrived. Okay. Well, I'll take the I'll take the science experiment. <laughs> but again, you've got look 100% TKO from Tay Edwards. Yeah. It's it's tricky because his nickname is Tango. So if he's the Tango man, I will go for Tay Edwards. Do you, do you remember the Tango adverts? You've I, been Tango, mate. I've got a Tango doll. Really? Yeah. I remember everybody going around slapping each other at school when I, that advert came. I remember out. the headmaster coming in saying, "You can't." Can't slash, <laughs> can't, can't tango people anymore. That's when you know an advert's working really well. For when real. it's changing school rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Morass against Talita Bernardo. Do you, Talita do you go. <laughs> Bernardo is not coming to fuck around, is she? No. Jesus. I think I called her debut. I think I, think I was calling her debut. Thing is, Sarah's got the back. She's. she's she fights really well off her back as well. She's yeah. she's very good. She's very very flexible. Was the thing that stood out to me. She's able to climb her legs really high and threaten. Um, and Talisa Bernardo, she's she seems to have kind of struggled to get going a little bit. Yeah. In uh, in in some of her fights, and she's not finishing people. If if Sarah's got off her back and she's got an eight percent sub game, I'd, I'd like to think Sarah takes it. Mm. She's got that home crowd advantage. You know, just that little bit of a boost that you need. Yeah. I think that's going to be big. What do you reckon to Calvin Katara against Chris Fishgold? So Fishgold making his UFC debut, coming over from Cage Warriors, who's the Cage Warriors lightweight champion, and vacated his test, belt. Man. It is tough. It is tough. But yeah. that, I mean, in this weight class, everybody's tough in this weight class, aren't they? Oh, he's got he's forty-five as well. I mean, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I've, I've got to go Fishgold because uh, I want to. Because if he's coming over from Cage Warriors, we've got to support the yeah. boys. And I'd like to see. Thing is. I think it's going to be a good fight because I think it's a tough test. So obviously, he's never going to take him lightly. But Calvin Katars looked good. Yes, he's not had enough of a gimmick to make people remember him, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or any rem- like notable tattoos. But yeah. he's. I think when you do see him on a card, it's a bit like, oh, yeah. I watch that. You one. know, you're going to get a scrap out of him for sure, yeah, which is good. So this this is flying under the radar. This one, I think this is going to be a real rock and sock. And Tibau Guti against Nazrat Hakparast. Hakparast reminds me of a Kelvin smaller Gastelum. Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, right. Yeah, it just looks like they've taken his photo and gone <laughs> squish. Yeah, but he he's a wrecking machine. He hits hard. He everything he lands is very heavy. And Guti's very technical. So I, I think that's going to be Guti trying to get in and out and land his shots without getting clipped. And Hakparast throwing massive bombs over the top I'm taking Hack Parast on that one okay uh, Nordin Taleb against Sean Strickland we spoke about this a bit ago didn't we because mm. um, the thing is 
Sean Strickland's coming down. Nadine Taleb's massive for this weight class as yes, well. Yes, and he never, looked massive yeah. when he was fucking around. He, he's just a big old lad. Like his, If I lay down sideways, my toes might touch one shoulder, my nose might touch the other because he's broad. Yeah. Like that, that win he got over Danny Roberts was very impressive. Mate. Anybody, anybody that beats Danny Roberts is impressive to me because Danny Roberts is, again, he's another fighter that's kind of flying under the radar that's just starting to find his rhythm. The problem is with this, I don't. I've not done enough research to know where they're training, what they're doing, because obviously well, that's going part from of the fun, you see. Because then it. you're probably going to be wrong on all of them. Yeah, well, I can take that. It's not like it's not happened <laughs> before. I'll take Taleb on that one. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a good fight as well. Alex Garcia against Court McGee. So I, I trained with Alex Garcia when I was up at, at uh, TriStar. Um, I'd gone up to help GSP prep for Nick Diaz. He looks like an action figure. He does. He is chiseled out of mahogany. He is. He's like he's like an Adonis. He's he's got he's a wicked physique. He's a great athlete. He's very strong. One of remember, the nicest guys in the sport. Can you remember Papi Abedi? Yeah, he was at Wayne's once, and I went out. I was I was doing what I was doing. I went to the toilet and I walked along, and he was on the mats, and he just mate, he looked like a fucking statue. Yeah, I don't think he ever did. He, he didn't ever really get started, but he shredded. If if they were ever going to remake the uh, He-Man figurines, yeah. Like he, like Alex Garcia would be a good kind of standard body okay. shape model, yeah. And and, and in the He Man world, that's meant to be excessive. That's meant to be like over the top. And, and my man's walking around like that. Yeah, like I can't ever character. I can't ever go against Court McGee though. He's just incredibly durable, isn't he? Dude, look at him. Just look at the pair of them, and yeah. like you know that everyone's going Alex, but Court's got that one punch knockout. Uh huh. And he's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'll go for. Court. And he's got an epic beard. He has got an epic beard. Hopefully he's still got it because like we know already that the website might be out of date. <laughs> this next one is just whatever. Gian Vellante against Ed Herman. Ed Herman's just good at putting on that weight. Right. He's been down to like, what is it? 155, 170 and then 185. 170, yeah. He's, he's always been a middleweight predominantly through his career but he was always one of those guys that was kind of caught between weight classes a little bit. He could have done with like a 197 yeah. weight class. He's been on the wrong end of quite a few highlight knockouts as well. Mm. Chris Lieben, one of them, where they just literally back and forth. Mm. Was that them too? No, I don't think so, because Chris Lieben was always a training partner of his. Oh, he got knocked. Nikita Krilov was a back and forth. Uh, Derek Brunson was a, That's the was one. a back and forth. Like, literally iced him out by the end of it. Yeah. He's just, he's like alternating wins and losses. He's had a lot of fights in the UFC though. So what's he got? One, two, three, four. He fought on Ortiz Shamrock. Yeah. Ortiz Shamrock three, the final chapter. This is something that I wish the UFC did. Is give names to cards now. Yeah, like we don't get that no anymore. No more revenge. No. No more Super renegade. Saturday. I yeah. always like that one. Or it's like eight and a half. Vendetta. What? Yeah. yeah. Was that UFC 40? I think 40 was Vendetta. Brawl in the hall. And then 41 was Super Saturday. That was Vitor Tito, I think. Bad blood. Bad blood. Beautiful. What, it I is, think you just run out of words, don't you? Like carrots. <laughs> yeah. Wagon wheel. It's like you've got random Tourette's. Do you know what I mean? Fridge so, freezer. What would, what would you have called, what would you have called uh, UFC 229? Batshit. <laughs> Crossing the line. Yeah, batshit crazy. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Pissing off a third of the world yeah. with trash talk. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What about, what What, what name would you give to uh, UFC 230? What we've got on 230? DC oh. against Derek Lewis. Fucking man on man hate crime. Black on black hate crime, man. <laughs> I'd call it rampage. rampage. I'd just call it, it it's a rampage quote, mm. just in the, in the speech part. Yeah. And if you don't know, Go back and fucking yeah. watch. Watch Rampage destroy a door. 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> What's that door on to you, Rampage? We should do this. We should start naming cards as they come up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mad uh, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Not got it finished in time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, so I'm taking John Valanti John purely Valanti. because I want to be part of Matt's era team. Yeah, they are the best corner team in, in the sport, aren't I they? I just want to go and have pizza with Ray Longo and, yeah. and Matt Sarah. Hey, Al Joe! Hey, Al Joe! <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> they are the best. Yeah. And the thing is, I know that the, all the TV show, all the looking for a fight and all that shit, I know a lot of it's staged. But Matt you know, Sarah is not. Like, no, you know when you see Matt Sarah with his guys backstage, basically, obviously, every time they go, they look at a fight, and the majority of time, Matt Sarah's got one of his boys on the card, which why wouldn't you? So, mm. like, fuck it, if you can do it, do it. So the 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 candid moments that are captured with Matt Sarah, genuinely feeling for his guy or whatever is just gold. Uh-huh. Because I've seen it, I've seen coaches and trainers and partners and all the rest of it, but Matt Sarah's there, he's been there, done it and all the rest of it. And it's not just a paycheck. And mm. I think that for me, speech for everything. Yeah. So I, yeah, I want to go and have pizza there. Yeah. Oh, I had so much fun in the build-up to the GSP fight training with Matt Serra. Matt, so I was I was doing all my jiu-jitsu training at Matt Serra's and I was doing all my striking training at Ray Longo's. I was taking my own coaches, but I was working with them as well. I and, just love, uh, I love the predator, the, the cutaway shot of you with your secret weapon at the end of, yeah, is it a countdown Episode show? one, it was prime time. With prime the, time. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what was funny is... So I'd pulled up outside Matt Serra's gym. It was lit- legitimately the first time I was meeting him. I'd pulled up in my obnoxious cream Escalade that the UFC had, had rented for me for the prime time. You know, I, I got out of the car just as Matt Serra pulled up in his car and we walked over and shook hands and was like, dude, it's great to meet you. Thanks for helping me out. I appreciate it. You know, just do that, that again. And then like wheel spinning into the car park outside the, outside the gym. Like the camera team, they're like, do that again, do that again. We want to get that on camera. And then it's... Every time after that's awkward. Every time after that's of awkward. Of course, because like, like we go to do it, we like we clash wrists. It's a creepy, awkward amount of time that they're that you've got your grin, and it's like they're gonna kiss. <laughs> Matt Sarah's like that was a good white guy, black guy handshake. Yeah, just, we yeah, just didn't, yeah. didn't quite yeah. learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's the work. It's when you go to fist bump and shake and and hug or headbutt. It's not good, yeah. man. And the first conversation that I had with Ray Longo was him complaining about Matt Serra no longer coming to the gym to train. He just comes over to Ray Longo's gym to take a shit and Mate, then leaves. But this is it. <laughs> the thing is, it's it's their relationship you can relate to because it's you still you don't have to try anymore. You don't have to put anything on anymore. Like you know, you can come to mine and stick the kettle on. You know, you can do whatever you need to do. I feel the same. But you don't get that with everyone. Yeah. So when you see Serra and Longo, it's just they're just going to fuck around with each other forever and. It's like when I watched the Chris Weidman and John Volante uh, dress up as wrestlers for one of their kids. And I was just like, that's where I want to be, man. Yeah. That just, just fucking around. They're a wicked team. It, yeah, that, If you're picking teams to join, that that would definitely be a, be a top pick. So, yeah, so I'm going John Volante purely for my uh, <laughs> for my Matt Sarah card. Okay. So who have got Andre, next? go on. Uh, how good are you with his name? What do you Andre reckon? Andre Sal... Sal... Ooh, go on. That was almost a Nick Pete pronunciation. Yeah, not good, man. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do this guy's accent as well. Because when I do meet him and he fucking fills me in. <laughs> and I mean, just that thing you said the other day. Hey, just like fucking calm down, mate. <laughs> uh, Andre Sukumta. Sukumta, that's it. I've seen him before. Yeah, you have. Yeah, the Asian Andre. sensation. Absolutely. 
against jo- uh, Jonathan Martinez. It, Martinez making his debut. There nine and one, dude. Mm. Nine and one. You might not have a pitch on the website, but fuck. That's well, we were talking about this earlier as well. We were playing a little game before we started recording, and because obviously the UFC, if they don't have a photo of the fight, they use a silhouette. And I was trying to get you to guess who that silhouette is. So there are three silhouettes that the UFC use. That stand-up one there, yeah, across this whole card. Don't say who it is, by the way. Go Don't on. tell them because we can do it as a competition. Okay. Oh, can- we need to do a competition because uh, I've got the visor from Vegas. A winner. That's good. Okay, so let's do that then. So, okay, competition time. When, whoop, when whoop. someone Googles it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, let's make it... So the official question... The official question. Everybody who gets the answer right will be put into a draw and the winner will get the uh, the Vegas visor signed uh, from myself and Owen and the Fight Disciples. We'll get them to sign it as well. Send That'd it over good. to you. Yeah, man. So the question is, the silhouette that they use on the UFC website main card, like the standing picture on the, the, the head-to-head page, as we call it. So if they don't have a photo, if, there's a, if it's a stock image, if you yeah. like, who is... Who is the replacement? Who whose silhouette did they use? And uh, um, bonus points if you can give me all three of the names because they use two male fighters. Sorry, they use three male fighters and a female fighter. So basically, we've got. So is the female fighter headshot? Headshot is that the same as the stand-up? I believe it is. Okay, so that's one name. Yep. Then we've got the the. Guy standing up, the full body, for a face off, full body, and we've got the guy head and shoulders. Yes, but there are, there are two head and shoulders guys. Okay, there are two head and shoulders if, guys. If, it is, if one's a bit more chubbly than the other, <laughs> there are different weight classes. Yeah, okay. Okay. there are different weight classes. But yeah, that, that's a fun competition. So, so where are they sending it? Are, we, are they going to tweet us? at me? Yeah, okay. T- tweet at tweet at me at, uh, at Dan Hardy MMA or at Fight Disciples. We'll put you in a in a draw and. Uh, yeah, we'll get that vo- that visor sent out in a, in a nice box. Maybe we can even chuck one of the fancy full reptile baseball caps in with it. I'll make. I'll, it will be hand stitched. Hand stitched. But you will know that I've had the needle in my fingers more yeah, often. It's than probably got some DNA on it. Where he stabbed a lot himself. Of, yeah, for real. But yeah, <laughs> not, they, not that kind of DNA. Blood <laughs> DNA. Blood, blood DNA. DNA. <laughs> Clean blood. Yeah. Yeah. I will uh, with arsenic in. <laughs> but I'll um, I'll make you a hat. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll send a couple of it. We'll send a goodie pack out. There's, Ooh, there's nice. some good shit. In nice, there. like we, grot bags. You remember when grot bags used to have grot the, bags? Fucking I hell. saw them live. She was terrifying. Yeah, she was. I, I saw think her I was in four Butlins. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Not to go off on a tangent. We've gone off on a massive Sorry. tangent again. No, it's all so right. yeah. So we've got the silhouette. So that is Sukumtart. Yeah, which I do remember his name now. But Martinez is nine and one, dude. Mm. Nine and one. But Sukumtar's been in the big. He's been there before. He's had a go. He's traveling across from the United States. It's not too bad. I think, yeah, I'll go with Sukumtar. Yeah. He's, he is exciting. Yeah, one winning. Yeah, one winning. He's had some tough fights though. Morales, uh, Perez beat Luke Sanders. He's looked good. And he's, uh, yeah, he's just not quite. It's not quite come together for him, has it? No. That Sean O'Malley fight was a good one. Fight of the night, but yeah. But it yeah. took him a while to get turned off, didn't it? It did. So yeah, it did. Can live with that. Now this is an interesting fight. I'm I'm struggling to see which way this is going to go because we've got uh, Misha Serkinov who looked like an absolute monster and then he got he got caught by Uzdemir. Yes, and uh, just kind of came out of nowhere that did. Yeah, what happened to your confidence? Yeah, Uzdemir took it. He's he's strong. He's stoic. He's a bit terrifying to hang around with him. I I, I was sat next to him at one of the UFC events and he's he's a wicked conversation. But there's something very. I don't know. Without sounding like a hippie, he's got a very powerful aura. 
Oh, really? He's a very, yeah, he's a very, very quietly confident individual. And I'm, I, I, I want to see Misha Serkinov get back, get up into the top five because I think he'd be a fascinating test for a lot of these guys. But then he's dealing with Patrick Cummins, who's got a, not only a wicked moustache but a wicked wrestling game as well. He's got that wicked wrestling game, but he's got that wicked playful confidence. Mm. Even when he, it was him against DC, he was jovial the whole time. Whereas I think the stoic side of Misha comes out, and I think. I don't know. I think he's going to try and wrestle fuck him. And I think Misha's, if he's if he's on that night, I know this is all ifs and buts, mm. but I'd, I'd like to see Misha take it. I've got I've got no problem against Patrick Cummins. I just think I'd like to see Misha just have that like sniper ability. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, co-main event, which is not updated on the UFC website. Come on, UFC.com. Play the game. Come on. We've got a guy. We've got Owen Oxley here. Yeah, we'll fix it for you. We can draw you some pictures. Yeah, send a contract over. We'll fix it for you. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. What do you reckon? Log off against Michael Johnson. The thing is, Michael Johnson's looked good. Yeah, he's he's put some wins together, and but no one seems to just put Artem out of there. He's called for big fights. He's got them. He's always weathered the storm. He's not really been finished. So it's not like Michael Johnson can't. It's just Artem doesn't want. It. He just doesn't get put out of it. Yeah. So. The problem is, I want to see a finish. I want to see something spectacular. Um, but I don't know if Johnson's got enough to do it. I don't know if he's just... If he wins, it's probably by decision. Yeah. Plus, yeah, plus at 45 as well. He, he looks emaciated that way, I, I, I think. Yeah. I can see it being a fight of the night contender. That or the main. Yeah. Artem Lobov's always potential fight of the night contender because he just walks forward with his Look hands when he down. fought Cub. Yeah. What was the fight he had in... Uh, was it Belfast where he fought... Yashabo, uh, Taruto Ishihara. Oh, that, that was a wicked fight. They always seem to, he always seems to just swing, he just head down swings. Yeah. And we know where he's got his uh, background because the thing is, a lot of people criticise the fact that he's Connor's training partner. Mm-hmm. But you've got to imagine, he's learning a fuckload. If yeah. Connor's not, he is. Mm-hmm. He's taking a lot away from that. And he's travelling the world and training with all the people that Connor's training with and he's, you know... And Michael is. Johnson moves well and, and Connor's probably one of the best movers so it's it's not going to be anything new to him. Mm. He's and got, Southpaw as well. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's going to... The change of opponent to, to this goes from being a passion thing where he's fucking seething and obviously wants to get a win back for the team to more of a, all right, we'll bring it on. And I think it could be the make or break for Artem. Mm-hmm. I think he... Because... Michael Johnson's a good name to for people to remember him. Yeah. Well, I mean, on, I mean, the the reality is, if Artem loses this, he's actually got a losing record because he's fourteen and fourteen at the moment. Yeah. So he's he's kind of got to win this one, I think, especially with him being in co-main event position. Yeah. He's he's, he's shouted his way to that point, but I just want to see him. Yeah. Want to see choo choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> so what's your pick? I will go Johnson decision. Okay. All right. Main event. No time. No time. I think your prediction is going to take longer than the fight. Do you think? (laughs) Maybe. maybe. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. No. I've had great conversations with Volkan. He's very switched on, very business-minded, knows exactly what he's got in his hands, very powerful, good experience, training partner for some of the best fighters around, and he's he's been around for a long, long time as well. But Anthony Smith, since he stepped up to light heavyweight, has looked better than... Well, better than I ever expected him to be able to. And the th- the thing that surprised me about Anthony Smith, because w- so we do the fighter interviews during fight week. I remember. Yeah, I had a I had a really really good conversation with him. I was surprised, and and this um this is you know, no no discredit to him. I just didn't expect him to be as articulate and as well thought out yeah. as he was. But he's he's a very very switched on individual. 
and he was so quietly confident as well. Like he talked about the Shogun fight before it happened, and he was like, "I, I know what to expect from Shogun. I know where I beat him." There's a lot of footage, and, and that's it. I think some people they they don't always take that into consideration that, that there's underdogs, but they've they've got footage on people. It's yeah. not like it's not like the old days where there's there's nothing to watch. Yeah. And the other thing as well is, I mean, look how many fights he's had. Forty three. Forty three. But the difference is, I think, like heavyweight. Before when he fought Shogun, he didn't have anyone, no one expected anything. Mm -hmm. And obviously they put it down to the move up in weight. Yeah. Volkan's been there and been to the big show and not got shown up, but got, he, he saw a few he holes just, in he his He found game. his limit, didn't he? Yeah. In the, in the, yeah in but the rightly part. so got his, got his number two spot. The difference is, is Anthony Smith has now got a little bit of weight on his shoulders because people like yourself have given him this big, big accolade from what he did do to Shogun. and But the thing is, he's still new to that division. Yeah. And the thing was, Shogun hasn't got the knock up, knockout power that uh, Vulcan's got. No. And this is the first time, I mean, he's moved up to light heavyweight, he's had two fights, but they've both, I mean, he's, he's fought Rashad and Shogun. So both, two veterans, two older guys. Yeah. This is the first time he's not only fighting someone that's fresh and up and coming as well as he is, He's got a chin. But someone that's got a chin, that's young, that's got heavy hands, that's a, a, a fast starter, you know. Because yeah, didn't he nearly kill Richard? Oh, man, that was just, that was it was it was a brutal knockout. Yeah. And a part of the problem was you could kind of tell that Richard didn't really want to be there. Yeah. I kind of, I, and I get it because, I mean, for me, like my career came to an end fairly abruptly or as far as my career has gone so far. And it, it, it's, you kind of, it was easier for me because I didn't have the option. Yeah, someone said, no thanks. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Whereas Richard's, he associates himself with the fighter that he was and yeah. he was he was trying to get back to that even though it wasn't really in him anymore. And it was, I mean, it was rough to watch because Richard was always, I mean, his knockout over Chuck Liddell was Ridiculous. incredible. Yeah. But, you know, th this is the first time we're really going to see what Anthony Smith looks like against someone on, a, on an even foot into him, I would say. I think the win does way more for Anthony Smith than Vulcan. Yeah. And I'd love to see... I, I, they both seem like great guys. I'm not really fussed, but I'd love to see, I'd love to see Smith do it, just to, because I've seen Vulcan go up to the top, and I've seen him slightly short, fall short. Yeah. Whereas I think Smith has got that opportunity to upset DC mm -hmm. because it's like we're watching Derek Lewis and DC, and you think you sort of know what's going to happen. Yet there's always the puncher's chance, but you sort of know that he's not ready. Yeah. He's not going to do his Diaz reality show. Yeah. So the difference is Anthony Smith has got that, like you say, quiet confidence that he's not just going to train harder because it's a championship fight. He's going to train smarter. Mm -hmm. And I think he's the... He's and he the can train that. hard now. He's at light heavyweight as well. But something else he talked about, predominantly his training camp at middleweight was about getting his weight Losing down. Weight, yeah. Whereas now he can focus on technique. And that's a, that's a scary thing, especially when he's got the experience that he's got. But ranked at number 10, he's going to jump up those rankings, find himself in the top five, I would think. Top five, Definitely. top six. You take this number two out. You've yeah. got to, haven't you? You've got to jump them up. I, I mean, I don't know exactly how they structure the rankings. I don't know who's making the decisions on those kind of things. And it's always been a bit of a bone of contention when we talk about matchmaking and stuff because the rankings are a little bit random. And the people that you would want voting on the rankings are all the people that turn the opportunity down to stay impartial. Yeah. The journalists, like Nick Pete was offered an opportunity to vote on the rankings because he's a well-established journalist and he turned it down. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, you know? because, yeah well, you can't, it's, it's like, was it Forrest said when uh, you're right a favour bet against him? It's like, thanks a fucking lot. I remember that. Bro. Yeah, thanks a <laughs> lot, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, I think the, the rankings, it's a lot like MMA maths anyway, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because you can never, it's like, well, he beat him, but then he beat him. And he, when he beat him, it's it's impossible. You can't, the, the amount of times when someone will break something down to me and they'll say, yeah, well, he's definitely going to win because of this. I'm like, yeah, well, he lost. It's like Poirier. Mm-hmm. Poirier got starched, but he's now on a rise because he's looked incredible. Yeah, but the guy the weight class again. Yeah, but the guy that starched him is below. And it doesn't make sense, but no. it's it does if you follow it. And that's what I was saying about the whole fight pass. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it from the beginning because you get to see that progression. Even WEC, I urge you to go back and watch WEC. That so many fights on that was... I mean, Jose Aldo's double knee knockout of Cub Swanson. Oh, it was wicked timing. Oh, wicked timing. That's, that's the thing, though. And, and that's, that supports your point about going back further into the archives and starting there. Because, like, when Aldo fought McGregor and was knocked out in 13 seconds, everyone wrote off Aldo like he was nothing. What the fuck? Yeah, he was the man. Literally the man. above and beyond the man. But it's yeah. just, you got Brad Pickett. Brad Pickett beat DJ. Mm-hmm. Convincingly, yeah, it wasn't close. It wasn't. It wasn't a Bisping and, and Anderson. It was he beat him. Yeah, I can't wait to get Brad Pickett up to the Hardy Warled gym and be nice, him. man. Yeah, yeah, I want him to get get some get some seminars taught for us. Brings his dog and buddy with him. Oh yeah. Oh, can you imagine? Uh, what, what's it? What's his dog's name? I forgot. It's a little tiny Is little Bonnie. I think because then you'll have Ben, Bonnie. <laughs> we just have to have no one else in there. Just have a dog play date. Yeah. I think we'd all get on. I don't know where Ia's gone. She's wandered off now. She's chilling. She's, 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 she's bored. She's like, hold on, is this a 45 minute podcast? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> we're at an hour and 24 at the moment. We're going to get into I the think f- Adam's going to edit a massive chunk <laughs> out of this. We're going to go full, full Joe Rogan. Just uh, like, what, four hours? Yeah, we're good. The, the, thing is, the thing is with these podcasts is that there's no editing involved. You can't edit it because you don't know what to take out because there's so many tangents. And they don't all fit together no. that well. So if you start talking about... Lego and end up with spiders. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Some, some Kevin Smith film? Yeah, we're yeah we're all over the place. Well, we're, we're new to this. We're new to the podcast. I'm game. enjoying it, man. I'm, the thing is, it's one of them where I'm early doors, so I'm still listening to little bits. I play bits just to just to see how it sounds, and I'm, you're not coming off as a complete zoot. But is it is it weird for you because you're an avid podcast listener, but now you're on a podcast regular? Yeah, yeah but I, I, it's quite exciting because the problem is, is what I'm doing is I'm trying not to listen to as much. Because then you almost find I'm constantly talking to podcasts like Joe Rogan and uh, Brendan Short were talking about vasectomies and and about babies and all this other stuff. And I've had kids and a vasectomy, so I've got stories for days. <laughs> but I don't want to shoehorn our conversation around to. And there was this time that I was at the vasectomy clinic, <laughs> and you wouldn't believe because they I've cut got, the whole thing off. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and but. It was, they were talking about like a sad strangle wanks giving you samples in. And <laughs> mate, I've got all the stories, but it's not relevant, if you know what I mean. So I'm sort of trying not to listen to it. But we need to stick a pin in. I need, I need to know what a sad strangle wank is next week when we chat. Ask, Mitch, ask Mick Hutchins. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If, if this is hashtag sad strangle wank, then it might be my last week. So it's been a pleasure. That was the saddest. Oh. So. Um, Final pick, go on. I'll take Anthony Smith. Okay. I just Anthony think Smith. I just see it doing more for him. I like Vulcan. I just want to see what Anthony Smith is going to do at the big show. Yeah. And I think I can get behind that hype train a bit more purely because I've seen Vulcan try. Not that I've lost interest, but like you said, he's got a bit more of a story. Mm-hmm. There's a bit more, that, like, there's a few layers to that. Yeah. yeah. We've not quite uncovered the story of Vulcan Uzdemir yet. No. I don't think we will until he finds a decent watch sponsor. I, th- I think he's holding back all his good stories until he's got a flat flash watch for his wrist. Really? Oh, he's he's all about watches and he, he wants a nice watch. He's from Switzerland for a start. Is that why he's called No Time? No Time. So then he can come in as like, 
tag your time. There you go. Oh man. There you go. Really? Yeah. Hublo. Hublo time. Yeah. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be a flick flack, is it? Or like a Casio digital. Hey, it's a good way of getting around the sponsorship issue, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I'm just I'm just mad watches like, like that Richard Scarry hit monkey like, with sixteen watches at one arm. I used to have one on each wrist. Oh, really? Coming back from Spain when uh, when Dayglow was popular. Oh yeah, I, I had I, I had I a did. green one and an orange one and a and a fuck and a bum bag that was several different colours. That is actually, believe it or not, I found that bum bag the other it's day. Back in Fanny Pack yeah. from America, and uh, it's full of muscle men. Do you remember muscle men? Yeah, military muscle men. Mate, I've, I've still got, got them. I've got loads of micro machines, muscle men. I used to keep them all in bum bags from I bought from Spain when we were on holiday. We had a dustbin. We had like a miniature dustbin. I've got Tr- one trash can and we had that on the side and I can remember for my birthday I think it was Curtis Rock it's one of the locking ones yeah it used like, to be full of sweets small, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a little cup size and um, I can remember getting it for my birthday and I was in the living room my sister was always floating around if my mates were there because there's two years between us and she was giving it that old giggle so <laughs> I, I tip them out and then I was like oh everyone put them back in the bin and like a bitch she picked them up and ran down to the bottom end of the kitchen and put them in the bin oh. just to, just that's just a, for a fucking That's a fight. stranglable offence. That, for real, that's like throw down hockey fight. So, yeah, I got put in my bedroom for a couple of hours on my birthday because <laughs> me and my sister had a fist fight. Or, no shit, like, all my friends were there for a party, had to sit and wait in the living room while my mum's going ape shit, putting us in both bedrooms. <laughs> so I got down there just playing with my new toys and I was like, all right, lads, let's oh, take care of some business. I want to get the micro machines out now and play. I've got half a Lego shit built upstairs, which that's I want to finish off this afternoon. I've got it grown up stuff. I've got to do some accounts first though. Yeah, I've got, I've got stuff to print. I've got a sandwich I've still not eaten. I've got an order that's got to be shipped out. I was meant to be putting your internet cable in and doing your CCTV. Yeah, that's not today. No, I'm no. going to roll back on the M1, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good idea before traffic starts to build. All right, I think we should wrap this. It's been a pleasure. An hour and 29. Wicked. Last 60 seconds, what needs saying? FullReptileCollective.co.uk. Shout out to the Fight Disciples. Shout out to ISO Sports. Shout out to Precision Hydration. Hardy Wallhead. Hardy Wallhead, coming soon. Uh, get on the, uh, give us a follow on Instagram, Hardy Wallhead MMA on Instagram. Picture. Yeah, the cage pick is wicked. And I think Jimmy's just posted that video of himself on there as well. So uh, make sure you check that out. He's looking wicked. Looking super squished. sharp. Don't forget the competition. Hit Dan up on Twitter at Dan Hardy MMA. Yep. Who are the silhouettes on the official UFC website of the full body of the man, the woman, and the headshot. Yes. So as many that whoever gets closest to the most is is the winner. They win the visor uh, from Dan's UFC 229. That's going to be signed up. Then we'll also do you a bit of a goodie bag for the for any fight disciples gear we've got. Any of the uh, full reptile collective, and we'll send it out. Oh yeah, we've got some fight disciples stuff coming out soon as well. Yes. We? Yeah. yeah. There's going to be extra stuff. So save your pennies. Fight disciples merch, full reptile merch. We're gonna have some Hardy Warled merch coming out. Full Reptile Radio merch. That's another thing that needs worth, worth worth having a shout out. Anybody that listens to my Gimme Radio episode, it's changing days as of next week. Normally it's premiered on Monday afternoon, but I'm realizing that I don't get to talk about the fights at the weekend then. So I'm having it premiere on Wednesday so I can talk a bit more about the fights. So you're gonna start getting ready for what's coming rather than what's been. Exactly, that's okay. it. So uh, yeah, all right, wicked. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. It can do something. No other kind of lizard can do. It can run continuously for a very long time, and that enables it to become an endurance hunter, chasing down its prey. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.